Hello, everyone. My name is Rochelle Innocent, and I'm the founder and CEO of Project Purpose. Welcome to our channel. Our community is focused on fostering the intellectual and character development in children. We do this through our parent-child workshops that are focused on four themes, autonomy, self-efficacy, compassion, and self-concept, in order to cultivate grit, perseverance, and resilience in each child. And we are so thrilled to be offering one of the first of its kind, digital, virtual, and continuous learning environments, enabling parents and children to connect from all around the world. At Project Purpose, our overarching mandate is to renew and rebuild family, community, and relationships. Our different social media platforms provide us with an opportunity to have discussions and to create space for all topics that relate to family, community, and relationships with ourselves as well as with others, with a primary focus on mental health and education. More specifically, the ways that mental health and education play a role and have played a role in our society at large. These discussions and debates provide us with an opportunity to think critically about what needs to change within these structures for us to live up to our bold slogan, support, protect, and empower each child through youth-focused development, better known as leadership in juvenescence. We recognize that in valuing our children's leadership potential, this also translates as recreating and co-creating environments, both socially and politically, that will enable our children to thrive. For those of you who are particularly keen on the topic, we also write thought pieces every other Sunday. We have a thought piece scheduled to drop this upcoming Sunday, so be sure to meander over to the website and check out our online content. Now, if it is the case that you're looking for a listening alternative, well, we're available on 12 different podcast platforms for your listening leisure and we've provided you with access to the links in the description down below now as is the convention be sure to subscribe hit that post notification bell so that you are aware of every time we post and of course if you like these conversations and you want to keep them going like comment and share this segment let's get into it Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another segment here on Project Purpose. For those of you who are new, we cover topics that relate to mental health, mental wellness, and education on a week-by-week basis. And this week, our topic of discussion is mental wellness. And on the topic of mental wellness, I wanted to talk about my journey with self-restraint. And I think this is an interesting conversation. It's an interesting take because I actually got away with a lot of bad behavior growing up, I have to say that I definitely accumulated quite a bit of maladaptive behaviors between the ages of zero to 20. And it took a lot in me trying to focus on healing and how that translated in the way that I showed up to the world around me that forced me to look at my behavior and see what aspects of my behavior were serving me and what were not. And I don't know why I got away with a lot of bad behavior because it wasn't just at home, like it was definitely everywhere that I went if I decided to not align with my highest self, if I decided to be confrontational, to be defiant, if I decided to be mouthy, to mouth off, to be an unkind human being, I typically would get away with it. And this was at school, this was pretty much anywhere. And I took it and I ran with it as most children do because you know we're testing our limits. And I had a bone to pick, I had a chip on my shoulder growing up and everyone was pretty 
pretty much fair game as a result of that. And so when I think about self-restraint, for me, it's very different because I never felt the pressure to please when it comes to expectations of other people. I wanted to please the people that I cared about, like I had a deep desire to please, and that desire probably wasn't very healthy because there's a lot that I shouldn't have taken by way of bad behavior as a result of me wanting to have healthy relationships and really wanting to have like deep connection with people. I think I took a lot of bad behavior with that desire, but I also had to take onus for the fact that maybe part of the reason why I wasn't attracting healthy relationships because I wasn't showing up in a healthy way with some of these maladaptive behaviors that I was getting away with with the people that I was connected to, whether that was working, even my first job as a teenager, whether that was at home, whether that was at school. I mean, if I felt inclined to mouth off, I mean, I absolutely did. And I think that it's very different when you think about not having that external pressure pressuring you to behave a certain way. And it coming from within, you wanting to behave better than what you typically are used to behaving, but then you have to break those patterns of behaviors that bring up those responses, right? And so when I focused on healing, when I wanted to focus on healing and I got into yoga in my very early 20s, like even at 19, I had to really take a look at myself and I had to start practicing self-restraint. And a lot of how self-restraint showed up was me feeling, just having this feeling that like, you know what, I can do better than this. I can show up differently than how I'm showing up now. Like this might feel good. And I think a lot of bad behavior is really about instant gratification. It's about reclaiming power in that moment or trying to assert power in that moment. And I had learned a lot about power dynamics. I was very, I think, sensitive and attuned to power dynamics. And I played on them quite a bit without having the maturity of the effects of it. And so because I understood the behavior that played into power and played into domination, but didn't really understand the effects and the consequences long-term of it, I was playing a lot of games that I didn't have any real sense as to what the ramifications were. I was just kind of modeling different behaviors that made me feel powerful, that made me feel strong and made me feel in control, but they were toxic behaviors. And because I wanted healthy relationships and I wanted happy experiences, I had to look at my toxic traits and deal with them. And so my journey towards self-restraint was really me looking at myself in the mirror first and foremost and being like, Rochelle, like you can do better. So how is that going to translate the next time someone does X or someone does Y or someone does Z? And I was the one who really was driving myself to align to my highest self, to do better because I knew better inherently. I knew better than what I was doing. And I think that it's very important that we all recognize that just because you can get away with bad behavior because someone allows you to be disrespectful or allows you to behave in ways that hurts them and hurts you doesn't mean that you should. And because I had that free reign, I had to teach myself. It was one of the first, I think, steps to self-mastery and self-discipline the way that I wanted to show up. I held myself to an expectation and to a standard where I was like, well, you know what? This is the way I would like to show up. This is the way that I want to engage in conflict moving forward where I feel like I've honored myself, but I've also honored the relationship because I, I didn't want to show up in, in ways where I damaged the relationship because of how I chose to show up in a self-gratifying manner. And so I think the conversation of self-restraint is, is important because a lot of us, we have these toxic traits that we've gotten away with for so long. Now they're in the driver's seat, like they are dominating. Like we know that if the trigger takes place, like everyone needs to watch out. And I think that it's so easy for us to assume that once the environment changes, maybe we'll be more inclined to change. 
But what I've learned is the environment doesn't need to change. You just need to have that desire to change from within. And if you have that desire to change from within, then those environmental triggers lose their power and effect on you. And I think that so much of bad behavior is about how we're enchained to the environment in a really unhealthy way. It's a form of a power struggle that shows that there are periods where we are not dominating, where we're completely in submission. And that's what I learned for myself. Like, I think that the reason why I would lash out and why, like, you know, my emotions would flare out was because when they weren't that way, I felt like I was under someone's thumb. I always felt like there was someone, like, in control of me. And I wanted to, like, break free of that, but I really wasn't quite sure how. And so when I gained independence, when I moved out, and I was figuring out, well, what do I want to be as an adult? How do I want to redefine myself? How do I take this emancipation, you know, seriously? And I think around that time, it was Mariah Carey's CD, Emancipation. And so that word was, like, a super word. It was a word that I would use all the time. I'm like, well, Rochelle, if I want to emancipate, if I want to renew and, you know, completely rebrand myself, well, how do I want to show up? And I wanted to be kind. I wanted to show up in a way where I was kind and my kindness was appreciated because I felt like anytime I was kind, I ended up getting punished for my kindness, but it was because I wasn't being kind in the right environments. I was in environments where kindness was definitely perceived as a weakness. And this was a whole journey, right? But I think that like the level of toxicity that I was comfortable with as a teenager was to a greater extent to the level of toxicity I was comfortable with in my early 20s and then it reduced over time like it wasn't something that was very like hot and cold like over time as I got to know myself as I figured out self-mastery as I decided to show restraint in the ways that I chose to respond and I decided to show up in ways that I wanted people to show up for me my people the people that I was attracting was changing and it wasn't to do with them, it was to do with me, right? It was me focusing on my vibration, on the energy that I was putting out into the ether. It was me focusing on the introspection and having those hard conversations with myself, like what about my behaviors are hurting? So when it comes to self-restraint, there were a few areas that I focused on. So one of the key areas were like the different big emotions that I experienced that I knew I didn't need to experience in a toxic way. So like for me, anger is a big emotion. I love and respect my anger. My anger has so much love and desire to protect me, but I don't need to show up with anger in a disrespectful way. And because I got away with it for so long, I had to teach myself, well, how do I want to show up in anger? And so like, I appreciate stillness with anger. I think that I like when my anger anger simmers and then I can couple it with being really thoughtful because I want a solution that's focused on resolution in all cases. If I am giving you my anger, like for me, that is still very much a privilege. And that was another step in self-restraint. Like who has the privilege to make you angry? Like if you don't have the kind of relationship with this person where they ought to have access to this level of emotion in you, then don't give it to them. And that was one thing that I had made as a rule. Like if this is an acquaintance, if this is a stranger, then why am I giving them my anger? Like why am I giving them my my energy so I think making anger a privileged response was important but also making a lot of my different emotional responses privileged responses and I think that too much of us are a bit of a garage sale everyone can come and look and see as to you know what emotional wheelhouse we have available and for me I'm like no there's an emotional wheelhouse available to you as a stranger and there's an emotional wheelhouse available to you as someone who's part of my inner circle who I've cultivated a certain degree of intimacy with and so that was a big one and another one was you know relational so I felt, especially in my early 20s, as I took a look at my behavior and some of my people-pleasing behavior, that I was so starved for kindness. I wanted kindness so badly that if I got a little bit of kindness, I was ready to go over and above and beyond for that person. But I think a lot of us struggle with this, where we, where we see 
kindness is this privilege and it's because we've been still starved of kindness and even now like I find like if someone's nice to me if they smile to me I want to be in their energy but it doesn't mean I want to have a relationship with them and I think that's so important of a lesson that I taught myself in my early 20s that I can gravitate towards kind people but I'm not going to open the gates completely to a relationship because someone showed me kindness because kindness is the baseline and so for me if someone's kind to me I gravitate towards them to be friends I want to be a friend to that person I want to spend time in that energy because I find kindness is such an honest, clean, very uplifting energy when someone's showing up with kindness, being nice to you with no hidden agenda, with no ulterior motive. But like for me, like it was just a drug, right? I was just so unaccustomed to kindness that I would immediately just want to do everything and anything to keep that kindness in my in my sort of ether, in my like zone of control. And so I've learned now as an adult, like I still gravitate towards kind people. Like if there's someone who is very genuine in the way that they greet me, I'm gonna gravitate toward them. I wanna greet them back. I wanna like enjoy that kindness. But for me, just because I enjoy it, just because I can have a moment of gratitude and experience it because kindness I think is very rare it's a rare gem and I always want to make a point to have a moment of awareness when I'm experiencing kindness and I love to be cognizant and aware and present when I'm experiencing kindness because it's chicken noodle soup for the soul all to say it's the baseline it doesn't mean I want a relationship if I'm not building intimacy if I'm not having conversations if I'm not getting to know someone then to assume that someone being kind to me means I'm like planning my life with them is just over the top and I find that sometimes because people aren't used to how responsible other people can beat their kindness they just assume like oh this person has like a romantic interest no I just really enjoy kindness as an energy and so when I think a little bit about self-restraint and my journey towards focusing on my own behaviors that were keeping me from experiencing the relationships and the moments and sort of the opportunities that I wanted, I was able to make leaps and strides by not thinking that my environment was was wrong, right? And my environment was very wrong. There was a lot of things that were not okay with my environment, but I needed to do the work. I needed to be the one to heal so that I would have the strength required to make the changes that would create room for new, room for the opportunity to grow, to create relationships that were healthy for me, create experiences that nourished me, that were so significant to my healing. And it started first with like having the conversation with myself, like what about your behavior needs to change? What do you know better and how can you do better? And I want to like give that to other people. I want to give that power to each and every one of us because a lot of us feel like we are victims of our circumstance. And I think that we are definitely a participant in our circumstance, but never a victim. We can change our circumstance by focusing on how that circumstance has influenced our behavior. And then when we start focusing on shifting and changing our behavior, you'll find that that creates a ricochet effect in changing those specific circumstances. So I wanted to come on here. I wanted to have that conversation. I want to give you that moment of insight because that insight led me on my healing journey starting at the age of 19. Yoga was definitely a huge part of that, just releasing negative energy. The huge part of that healing journey as well. And I want to share that with you. I don't want to have more moments of vulnerability and of fragility here on this channel. So in any case, I wanted to have that talk. I wanted to give you that insight. Self-restraint has really focused on me cultivating awareness of how I show up emotionally, how I show up mentally, how I show up intellectually, and creating the standards that I hold myself to. Like I'm not held by an expectation that's external to me. I created the expectation and I hold myself accountable to it on a daily basis. And if I can raise the bar, by all means, I am going to do so. In any case, that was it, but definitely not all. Now, before letting you go, I would be remiss if I didn't let you know that we will be going live at least 
released twice a month, every month for the foreseeable future on our Facebook page. So definitely be sure to tune in. Now these events are paid events. So if you do see yourself participating in our community on an ongoing basis, then by all means, make sure to check out our package plans. Yes, so we do have package plans over and above our live events, as well as access to webinars and workshops that largely focus on self-mastery over and above these events. So check it out. Be part of our game changer community, being part of the change that you want to see, allowing us a small role to play in your journey. We are on the road to 1K, so we definitely invite you to follow us across all of our social media platforms, and we look forward to chatting with all of you very soon. We'll talk to you later.